Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the wisdom, guidance, advice that we find in your word for all aspects of our life. We thank you because nothing is too small or too big, Lord. Everything, advice, healing, everything is in your word, Lord. And we thank you for that. And today, Lord Jesus, we invite to you the living word to come and reveal the written word to us. Come and do your work in us. Let your word come and have its way in us, Lord. We submit to you. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, in the next slide, we're going to see something, but I'm going to skip that for obvious reasons, because I've been asked to reduce um, my preaching time. Um, I thank God for that, because we really enjoyed uh, worshipping God, and he, he is due the worship that we give him. However, it's a big struggle for me to preach within the time. I'm going to try my best. Please forgive me. I ask for forgiveness before I even start. So I was going to speak to you about the story of Naomi and Ruth and the story of a young couple, Joseph and Mary, before we even started to go to today's preach. I'm going to drop that now. You will have to come and hear it later from me if you like. Um, we all know the story. So the main crux of the two stories is that they lived in very, very uncertain times, even more uncertain than we are living right now. They chose to focus on following God. Your God will be my God, said Ruth. And Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. I am the Lord's maidservant. Joseph, when the angel asked him to do something that he never wanted to do, he, he said, he, the Bible says that he got up and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. They were just focused on following God going after him. And that's all they did. So that's the crux of that uh, first slide. So we're going to skip, uh, sorry, the second slide, which should have come up. Yep. We're now going to move on to today's preach. So today's preach is about the cost of living crisis, and we're going to focus on how not to worry. So last week, Al preached about generosity and family um, in the same topic. Um, Today, we're going to talk about how not to worry. So before we talk about how not to worry, maybe it's uh, good to give context to why we did this preach. It's because we are living in uncertain times. We're just out of a pandemic, and there's so much economic uncertainty around us. There's wars around us. And our dependency on multiple countries and multiple economies has put us at a very great risk. Because even a very small event or a policy change somewhere in some corner of the world could trigger a major global crisis. And on top of that, on top of this global crisis and the economy, we also have so many other issues that we are facing. Health issues, mental health struggles, that so many of us have anxiety. I mean, I work in a secondary school, and the proportion of students who suffer with mental health and anxiety is so much. I, in the last 10 years, I've seen it rising exponentially. And that's the kind of the world we live in. So if any of these things is worrying you, 
whether it's money, whether it's your family, whether it's your health, whether it's your relationships, your future, global issues. So it's not just money. Many other things may be worrying you. Then you are here in the right place today. We are going to see what Jesus has to say about it. Now, Jesus is the living word of God. He is here and present among us today. We may not be able to see him, but we certainly felt his presence when we were worshiping him. When someone reads the word of God, the reader does not matter because the word of God is living and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34. And this is Jesus' words on worry, or how not to worry. And as I read this word, I would encourage you that you just allow yourself to come under the sword of the Spirit today. Just allow God's word to work in you, because it's His word. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Then... He, Jesus, said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you? than the birds. And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things, but seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, no moth destroys. For where your heart is, a treasure is, there your heart will be also. So five things from this passage to help us navigate through these uncertain times. Before we do that, I think we have placed a few of these cards around. I don't think we placed on this section. So if you need the cards, please uh, put your hand up. Daniel and Judith are my helpers today, and they're going to come around and give you cards if you need them. 
What we're going to be doing in these cards is we're going to write down any concern or worry or fear that we have today. This card, nobody is going to read it. It's up to you. And we're going to do something symbolic with it at the end. So if you have a worry or a fear in you and you would like to get rid of it, then please do make use of this card and write down. If you need pencils as well, Daniel and Judith are here. We don't have that many you need to share. So please uh, write down that worry even as I start to speak about this. Write down that worry, and then we're going to do something symbolic at the end. So as I said, five things from this passage. Quickly, we're going to go through that. Firstly, do not worry, said Jesus. What does it mean? Does it mean we have to live a carefree life? We have to be oblivious to all the issues and the challenges that we face and just live in denial? And that's not what Jesus meant at all. We do need to face the issues. We do need to face our fears and our worries. We do need to recognize them. So that's why I said if you recognize a fear that you have, it may be anything, not just finances, please write it down. Recognize it. Write it down on that piece of paper. And then we'll talk about what we should do with it. So the root Greek word for do not worry, the word worry, is merin mao. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Forgive me if you speak Greek. Merin mao. Now, this word comes from a whole sequence of other words. So a whole sequence of other words have fed into this word. And in summary, what this means is that do not allocate. When Jesus said do not worry, what he meant was do not allocate a section or a share to troubled or anxious thoughts. So do not allocate a section or a share of your time, money, not money, maybe time, effort, and energy into having anxious thoughts. That's what Jesus meant when he said, do not worry. It's normal, and in fact, every human being must have a sense of panic or anxiety when faced with an uncertain situation, because that's what keeps us safe. Otherwise, we'll have no sense of danger. It is normal to have that fleeting sense. But do not dwell in it. Do not allow it to overtake your life fully and completely. That's what Jesus asked us not to do. So the first thing that we learn from this passage is do not allow anything, any worry to overtake you completely. Do not allocate a section of your life to caring for that worry. Secondly, Jesus gives us an antidote for that. Allocate your time energy, and effort to considering the works of God. Because Jesus said, consider the lilies, consider the ravens. So that's the antidote that Jesus is giving to us. Allocate time, allocate effort and energy to consider God's works. So when I think about the birds, I've always, I mean, I still think they do. They have no intelligence to fend for themselves or the future. They just go about rummaging around for food. And in fact, Ravens are scavengers, they just scavenge for food. But do you know what Jesus has said? God feeds them. I had never thought about God feeding the birds, but God feeds them. But Jesus said something even more poignant as he was asking us to consider the lilies and the birds. He said, you and I 
are of more value than the birds. How would he not feed you? So the second thing is to consider God's works and the value and worth that he has placed in each and every one of our lives. That's the second thing. So I have a personal story to tell about the value and the worth that God has placed in each and every one of our lives. When I was about 14 years old and my sister was 11, um, my mom and dad relocated to Nigeria to work. So they were there for three years. And we were living with our grandparents uh, because of schooling. They didn't want to upset our schooling. I really missed my mom and dad during those days. And, um, but I grew very close to God during that time because of that reason. One day I was walking to school. It's a Christian school. And I was walking alone. I think I was late. My sister had gone ahead. So I was suddenly, this, I was praying to God. When I walk, I talk to God. So I was talking to God and suddenly I had this feeling, I am one among millions of people in the world. And I'm not a very important person as well. When is God ever going to get around to listening to me and answering my prayer? And that thought made me so sad it really pulled me down, and I couldn't pray or anything, and I went into assembly, a very sad girl that day. And in the morning assembly, our principal spoke that day. She usually never speaks, but that day she spoke. And what she said blew me away. So she said, you may think today that you are insignificant among all the millions of people in the world, but that's because you underestimate God his power, his wisdom, and his greatness. God, in his greatness, is able to care for each and every one of us individually as though we are his only child. And that really blew me away because that was the answer to what was in my heart that day. And the very fact that she said this is proof for what she said. Because she did not know that I was thinking that when I was walking into school that day. God had noticed what I was thinking that morning, and he had prepared an answer for me before I even went into the assembly that day. What an amazing God we have. That day, my worry, I turned my worry into marveling at my value and worth in the eyes of God. And that's what I'd like to say to you, church. Each and every one of you are so precious. You don't even realize. I don't even realize when I say how precious I am. I am so precious to God. You are so precious to God. And he is caring for you as if you are his only child. And you are all that matters. So allocate your time, space, and energy to marveling at how great God is. And how he cares for each of us. And the value and the worth that he has placed in every one of us. In fact, he loves you so much that he gave up the most precious thing he had, his son Jesus. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and me so that we can become his children, his adopted children. If you are sitting here today and you have never, ever had the privilege of calling God Abba Father, I would really encourage you to do it right now in your heart. Right now you can do it in your heart. He hears you. He notices you. Remember, as if you are his only child. 
Right now you can say, Jesus, come into my heart. I need you. I want to call God Abba Father. I want to be part of the family. I want you to be Lord of my. You can say that in your heart. Or you may want to speak to one of us at the end. Please feel free to do. Please do not leave this place until you have received Jesus in your, in your heart. That's the best thing you can ever do. Calling God Abba Father. And remember, he loves you. He's placed so much value on you that he gave up the one thing he valued the most to get you. Do not ignore that. Please do not ignore that. Third thing, face the fact worry accomplishes nothing. That's the third thing we could do. Jesus said, you cannot even add a single cubit to your stature by worrying. If you can't do something as small as that, why do you worry about the rest? Worry accomplishes nothing. Face the fact. Because so many times our brain tells us when we worry a lot about it, that means something. No, worry accomplishes nothing. Corrie ten Boom, an amazing uh, woman of God again. I'm going to cut short her story. I'm not going to talk about her story. I'm just going to go straight uh, through something she said. She lived through very uncertain times. You can go and watch The Hiding Place if you want to find out all the things she suffered. She said something that is really significant. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Remember that. That's the third thing. That's the takeaway from the passage. So all of these are from the passage that I read, all these takeaways. The fourth thing. This time, Jesus is taking it up one notch higher. Jesus says, do not even seek after these things. So firstly, Jesus started off with do not worry about the things, what you wear, what you, how you're going to live. And then he said, consider God's work and how much value you are. Third thing is worry accomplishes nothing. So he's dealt with worry. The fourthly, he then says, do not even seek after these things, let alone worry about them. What does it mean, do not seek after these things? Does it mean we don't do our weekly shopping? We don't go and try to earn money? We just give up, do nothing, and then wait for God to miraculously provide us things to eat and clothes to wear? That is, that's not what it means. No, that's not what it means. It means, do not let these become the focus of your life. What you wear, what you eat, how you live your life, your status. Let that not become the focus of your life. Let these not become an idol in your life. Let, may your life not be consumed by this all the time. That's what he means. Not because we don't need them, but because the Father knows you need them. That's why Jesus said, do not be consumed by these things. These are nothing. Father knows you need them. He'll give you. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And we are blameless because of the blood of Jesus, not because of who we are. So that's why we don't even need to seek after these things. We do need to go work, make money, but that should not consume us. That should not become the focus of our life. That should not captivate us. Our living, making a living, should not captivate our hearts. And then finally, fifthly, Jesus gives an antidote to do not seek. 
He says, seek. Seek the kingdom of God. So our focus, just like Naomi, uh, just like Ruth, just like Joseph and Mary, would be to following God, walking in obedience to him, looking at him, and be captivated by him. I mean, if we really knew God as he is, we would be captivated by him, church. We really don't know. We, John, who was Jesus' disciple and who was like leaning on Jesus, as, uh, Jesus but during the Last Supper in such a familiar way, when he saw Jesus in the book of Revelation, John, who was so familiar with Jesus, just fell flat on his face. That's how great God is. And if we knew him as he is, we will be captivated by him. Nothing else will matter to us anymore. We just need to seek him, to be captivated by him. Seek God, seek his kingdom. Be captivated by Jesus. That's what Coriton Boom did, Ruth, Joseph. And do you know what? When we are captivated by him and when we are so focused on him, Philippians 4.19 says that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Not according to your need and my need. According to his riches and glory, he will supply all your need. But do you know what one thing that really captivates you, will captivate you? When you're following God in this way, with these five things, and at the end of it, God meets your need, so maybe miraculously by someone knocking on your door, like the wise man to give gold to um, Joseph and Mary. When that happens, when you, even if you receive gold from a stranger, you will be very, very surprised to see that that gold does not matter to you anymore. When you receive Jesus, from Jesus um, the way he gives, in the way he wants to give, you will realize that the gift is not, does not satisfy you. It is the giver who satisfies. He is the one who satisfies. Jesus satisfies. These gifts will not matter to you. They do matter because they came from him. He is the one who captivates my heart. He is the only one who will satisfy. The things of the world, they are nothing. They do not satisfy. As Corrie ten Boom again wisely said, when Christ is all you have, it is then you will realize Christ is all you ever need. And I, I pray with all my heart that we will realize that. I'd like you to now look at the piece of paper. Look at the worry that you have written down. Think about these five things. Make a deliberate choice now to not allocate even a single more second to that worry that you have written on the piece of paper. Allocate your time and energy. Be captivated by God. Consider Him. Consider His power and the value and the worth that you have in His eyes. Oswald Chambers said, Faith is the deliberate confidence in the character of God, whose ways you may not understand at the time. Faith is the deliberate confidence, the choice that you make 
in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. Thirdly, look at that piece of paper, what you've written down and say, worrying about this is going to accomplish nothing. I'm not going to worry about it. It's useless. Fourthly, devote your heart to seek after God. Be captivated by him, church. He's the best. Fifthly, sorry, fourthly, do not devote your heart to even seek for your needs. Fifthly, seek the kingdom of God. Be captivated by him. So lastly, I said that we're going to be doing something symbolic. Um, what I'd like us to do now is what uh, Peter has said in 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So what I'd like us to do is that love symbol kind of holds my attention there. So we, if you are ready, you can do three things with these cards. You can either go and just cast them. The word cast is like casting nets. So that worry that you have, symbolically, if you would like to, you can walk up there. I invite you to get up and walk even as I'm speaking. Just ignore me. You can walk and you can cast it there. Nobody's going to read it. We're just going to put it in the bin. So you can do that. Or you can go and cast it in the bin in your house. It's up to you, whatever you're comfortable with it. But do something with it. Or you can hold on to it and remember these five things and try to cast it away at some point in time. Okay, so I'd invite you to go and cast it over there, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. If you would like, please go and cast it there. Take one last look at the paper. This is not going to be the focus of my life anymore. I'm going to cast it. Feel free to go and cast it. He cares for you, church. He loves you more than you ever know. You are of more value to him. And that word value, you don't even understand what it means. I'm now going to ask Al to come and pray and uh, lead us in prayer. And thanksgiving to God for what he is and who he is to us.